three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff! Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. Hey everybody, welcome to this special episode, this Stranger Things episode, and what you just heard is a very popular song there by Kate Bush. She's like in her 60s now and just reaping <laughs> reaping the cash. You know, I think she was out like working at a grocery store or something when this when they told her your song is popular again, you know. So, uh amazing that all this time <laughs> later it's charting not only in the US but worldwide. It's killing it. Yeah. It's killing it. So we've got a motley crew here. We've got uh, myself. I'm Ramon with Peralta Design, and we launch brands. We've got Amanda. Hello. Amanda is our, our art director here at PD, and we have a special guest. We have our summer intern, the one and only. Hey, guys. I'm Rebecca. All right. Rebecca, she's really hyped about this. She's got her 80s outfit on, <laughs> corduroy varsity jacket <laughs> or some sort. <laughs> She's got it all. She's she's in she's in full regalia for the eighties. And of course, my right hand man, Jorge, leads our web team. What's going on, everyone? Welcome. Welcome, man. So l- let's get it on, man, because we've waited long enough. We've waited till we couldn't discuss spoilers. Um That's a probably a good um <laughs> thing to say up front. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you yes. haven't finished Season four of Stranger Things. Now is the time. Pause. <laughs> go watch it and come back. That way you can finish this episode. Yes, all the kids will kill Vecna at the end. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> according to Amanda. Spoiler alert. No, just kidding. But uh, that's a classic. That that's an inside joke here because that's how it finished. And Amanda told us that. it came out like. 30 years ago. <laughs> I know. There, there's a statue of limitations. I get it. Um, so let, let's start because this season was amazing. Um, the worst part of the season is that they're saying that it's not going to continue for like 2024. Is that right? Yeah. The next season five is due out in 2024, which is just heartbreaking. How are we supposed to wait that long? But and I'm, rumored it's the last season. Yes, yeah. that's what I've heard as well. So, so they're supposed done. to wrap yeah. everything up, which I get it. I, I I like when things have a you know they have a, an end point. Yeah, and it's personally, not five to six seasons that is like the season sweet spot for me. Yeah, like when a show can end within that range, I'm like that's that usually means that they have a good story that had a good arc and a beginning and conclusion. Yeah, and I what I what I had a conversation with Rebecca about is I don't want them to do what they did to Lost, which was 
just continue to unravel the show so that it was like instead of answering questions, they just created more. And, and so we can look forward to hopefully the Duffer brothers doing justice since you said they've written this thing in advance. They should be should be in good shape to, right. to wrap things up for us. From what I've seen, they've actually plotted, they've plotted this whole thing out. And the question was, was there not at the end of every season if they were going to get greenlit by Netflix for the following season? So if you, if you kind of pay attention, there's little kind of notes that stitch everything together. But every season could have, you know, kind of ended this the story right there. And I'm glad that they were able to, Un, uh, you know, to unfurl the whole vision, and it's been it's been a hell of a ride, and we've we've loved it. All right, so who's gonna dive in and and start giving their 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 take on this season and 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 how amazing it was, and just on the series in general? We can we can go by character, you know. We we can we can talk about specific scenes because we want this to just flow. Um, and and uh, let's see who wants to get it going. I just want to talk quickly about format and how they chose to release everything in, you know, standard Netflix binge style, which um, I think as fans, they you couldn't really kind of pigeonhole yourself into a corner. Um, but I feel like they could have gotten the hype train to go that much longer if they would have done a week-to-week release. I agree, but I think that all shows should be a week-to-week release because I don't like binge-watching. <laughs> But I also think it helps develop a conversation more where it gives people time to really like, they don't, there's like an overwhelming feeling, I feel like, for me personally, when something is just all dropped at once, especially like this season of Stranger Things episodes were ridiculously long. Um, Right. Binges, you can binge a 45 minute show, 30 minute show, maybe an hour show, but a two and a half hour show, you're pretty much, I mean... You guys have more energy. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the '80s guy here, you know. So I'm 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 51. I'm I'm ready to take a nap after that <laughs> two hours, or I might even nap during the show, and and watch half of a two and a half hour show. So that's what I call binging. What you call watching one show, <laughs> I'm, I'm binging one show by watching half of it one night and half the other. But um, great point. I mean, I think they were, you know, I've heard different numbers as far as like the budget for each episode. 72 million I heard was one budget. I mean, is that in, in the realm? I would assume, I mean, you've got a bunch of digital as well as practical effects, which I thought another great feature. The cast is stellar. And I, you would imagine that they probably asked for and rightly deserve a little bit more as time has gone on. You know what I mean? What Millie Bobby Brown probably got paid for season one. 30000 per episode is what I heard on the first season. Wow. So I'm sure that's night and day different from what she got paid for this season. Um, and then, you know, it, for me, it's just been this master class of what you can do when you let people's imaginations, you know, um, take, you know, take off and really tell this deep story. Um, and I wanted to comment on how well, as somebody who grew up in the 80s, Right. I, uh, you know, I feel like they just nailed this whole era so well. They did such a good job with the just the feel of everything, the sets, the cars, the music, um, the, the, the costume design. I mean, every little detail just felt so authentic. And I, and I just loved the way that they approached it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have this is my topic here the, the having lived the 80s the cars 
I'm a car guy. So I saw, like, there was one scene in particular where I saw, like, that's a 78 Toyota Celica right there. Like, I had that car. That was, like, my first car in high school. Um, the clothing. Like, I got a real kick out of Jim's jacket when, when, when they're finding the clothes in the in that Russian armory or whatever room that was that they, they, they were finding all these donated clothes. And he, he puts on that puffy red, white, and blue jacket. I was like, everything about it was, like, 80s. Um you know the, I mean, of course, from the beginning of the show, the the bikes and the banana seats and the BMX and and all this, um, and the arcades and all this. But this this particular season, you can just it was a noticeable difference in budget increase, in set design and and, and character development, everything. They just went it, it, these these were like movies. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And coming from someone who I actually watched season one through three a year and a half ago so I binged the first through third season in a week and so I was like so hyped about it but nobody around me was hyped and so this is my first experience like actually being able to watch a season with like people around me being like oh my god did you see this did you (laughs) see that it was like it's just such a culture that I'm feeling and I'm so obsessed with it I think especially like the 80s being so nostalgic Mm -hmm. that really being able to tie in more people to it yeah which was super cool yeah, I, I mean, one of the one of the funniest parts was, um, and I, I'm just gonna, you know, Ed, I love Eddie. I know he's a new character for this season, and 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 he came and went in this season. But the scene when they're looking for music, never mind the fact that, like, <laughs> I remember having a Walkman and and listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller album on a Walkman, Sony Walkman. Like, if you had that, like, that was a, in cassettes. Period. You know, when they're scrambling looking for cassette cassette tape and he's holding an Iron Maiden tape and he's like, this is music. And they're like, they're, they're like overlooking that looking. I remember like there are a lot of things about today that have gotten better. And one of them is this ability to like just like be who you are and like a bunch of different types of music. But but back in the 80s, like you could tell like all the kids that listened to Iron Maiden looked like Eddie, like you had long hair, you had, you wore, you wore Iron Maiden t-shirts. That was like your uniform, like Iron Maiden t-shirt, long hair, jeans, you know, and then everybody else dressed differently, but they didn't listen to, it's like, it's like everybody was like segmented into, if you listen to this kind of music, this is how you dress. And if you listen to this kind of music, this is how you dress. And, and Eddie was like, like, I remember kids in my high school that looked just like Eddie, you know, it's, it's, it's wild how, um, you're watching a show, but they, they also captured the little nuances of growing up in that time where you were identified by the type of music you listened to and by the kind of clothes you wore. Um, even Will, um, his inability to come out in this season, you know, I think that was a very emotional scene. And now we're encouraging kids to be themselves and to, to, you know, there's a high suicide rate. I mean, it's like a very serious topic. And back then you could see the pain and him trying to describe how he felt <laughs> through through the guise of it being 11, but you obviously thinly veiled, you know it was him. But that also is a, a hallmark of a different time period in, in our country, in our in our society. You know, there there are a lot of things that brought me back. You know, and that that's that's that scene was one of them. The struggles, the the blurring the line at that age of, is it my friend? Do I just care about them, or is it more? Do we have more feelings? And other, and and then your friends being clueless to those those feelings. It's it's 
an incredible testament to the quality of acting across yeah. the board, but especially for Noah Schnapp, who, uh, who played Will. And, I mean, he just had so many moments that just hit you right in the feels. That one moment where <laughs> they're uh, they're in the car and he's kind of, like, bearing his soul to Mike, uh, you know, like you said, thinly veiled. I mean, he's just, like, he, you, know, you can kind of feel the anguish. And, and he I, looks away, but when he looks away, it's almost like he's breaking uh, the the third wall, the fourth wall, because he's kind of like looking at you, oh, the viewer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then he turns back. You know what I mean? No, yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. that, that, that's a good observation too. Um, you know, and I I don't know. I'm trying to remember like if they planted the seeds for that um, in the early. I think they, you know he they, definitely they Amanda thought so. Some things. Yeah. Um, I think it's season one with the dad. With, with like the storyline with Jonathan and Will's dad, like his dad thought that it's called uh, Will queer mm-hmm. at some point, um, or Joyce was uh, relaying that to Hopper, the things that oh Will right bothered. he said that they, they called them sensitive and yeah. all of these things mm-hmm. yeah um, there was also that argument that um, I don't remember which season this was but Will and um, Mike got into an argument and then I think it was about eleven and then. Uh, Mike goes, it's not my fault you don't like girls. So there's like been like mm-hmm. sort of like little hints right. throughout all the seasons. And I just feel like Will keeps getting the short end of the <laughs> stick. I think he's going <laughs> to play a big role in the final season. I think so too. I think that's going to be his, his coming out yeah, party. Yeah, because I, I just feel so bad for him. Not, not only does he have that awful haircut, <laughs> like... He went to the Dumb and Dumber uh, barbershop. Listen, <laughs> Noah Snap keeps asking the director to change the haircut, and they keep saying no. Yeah. Listen, I had that same haircut. So oh, and no. I, and that's your, that's the, your dad brutal. cut your hair haircut. That's not a yeah, professional haircut. No, yeah, he my, just stuck a bowl on top of your head. Sad. His yeah. storyline is sad. And, and the show even forgot the character's birthday. That's how sad he is. <laughs> like, the, they established that his birthday, I think, is like March 22nd. And the day that um, Eleven hits that girl with the roller skates on the video camera, it's his birthday. And, and the Duffer everyone brothers just, just forgot. Compl- everyone compl- <laughs> forgot. Even the Duffer brothers, because they, they admitted, oh, we just forgot that that was his birthday. We just happened to use the same day. Oh, man. So I, um, I guess, you know, so... My, another favorite cast member for me is the um, is Murray. Like I would watch just the sideshow adventures <laughs> of Murray. He could have his own spinoff, and he, like the guy was just so like just award winning for me. Like he's like he's funny, but he's engaging. He says the action. He speaks all these languages. He's got kind of all this kind of secret hidden layers to him that I really enjoyed. Um, he can fight too, so oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole scene on the plane, it was like kicking ass. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there could be there's definitely like a whole entire story about all the different conspiracy yeah. adventures he could go on. Like there could be a season where he's chasing aliens or something. I would I mean I'd <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd I'd sign me up. Um, I think it was amazing to see how David Harbour has evolved over time, you know, as an actor, like all the different roles he's gotten since he kind of blew up with this role, um, as Hopper, but then also how they kind of explain it in universe too. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was this. Well, the, the, the best part of the season was discovering he wasn't dead because we all thought he was dead. You know, it was kind of like they showed you like 
somehow he survived the blast and he's fine. And you if know, if you pause though at the end of that episode, mm-hmm. the last one, season three, you can see like at the bottom that like there's a way to get through. Mm-hmm. So a l- there was a lot of speculation yeah. that he was already alive because mm-hmm. I didn't see it. And then someone was like, no, rewatch the last like minute or two. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. And I also appreciate the transformation he made. It made it more realistic of him being a prisoner. Because oh, right. he, he had a dramatic weight loss. It was like you were in a concentration camp and he came out of it. You know what I mean? He, they put him through some stuff and then just getting like swindled and thinking he was going to get out and not, you know, like that. The way they were able to like manage three or four different story arcs at the same time and keep you kind of keep you engaged yeah. in all of them was pretty cool. That was really cool, especially because if you look at the cover, it's divided into that four. And so you could kind of like know going into the series, okay, it's going to be really like four groups, which I really found interesting. I thought that I would be like, oh, bring me back to this group. But no, the whole time I was like, no, keep me. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like I was excited when I was in one group. And then when they switched, I was like, I wasn't disappointed that they switched because at some point I would always go, I wonder what's happening with this group. And then as soon as I thought that, They'd show you what was happening right. with that group. With a lot of shows, the B or the C storyline feels forced or like filler. And I'm like, oh, why are we spending time? We're spending valuable minutes. Why are we getting back to the main story? But it all felt connected to me. Mm-hmm. And I was just as engaged with every storyline. Uh, what was the big revelation that you didn't expect? Um, I think wh- one of the things that surprised the hell out of me was um, kind of 11 and one's origin story like seeing that scene un- unveil and how she really is kind of the one that created the monster if you will and seeing that there is a whole revelation of the upside down itself when she banishes henry there um before he truly becomes vecna it's shapeless it's just right. chaos it's a void. exactly yeah. um you know they have these creatures but the dimension looks nothing like Hawkins. And the question, I think, still remains, how do we get from this shapeless void to to this kind of crazy copy of Hawkins? And yeah, there's, there's some like things to, to break down there. Down. Yeah, that was probably my biggest thing is realizing that, you know, oh, this is the big bad. And then, you know, Eleven kind of, her, her fate is kind of tied to him in that yeah. way. Yeah. But the mind flare was like a big red herring the entire series. Not the mind flare. It's always been Vecna. Right. right. Yeah, which is like crazy. Right. How about what did you think, Rebecca? Something that I think like was, I was like washing the dishes last night. I was just thinking about everything that was happening. And the one thing that stuck with me is what happened to Grissy? Like, what was that thing that made Vecna kill her? Because we know what happened to that kid. Like, he apparently caused a car crash. We know why Max, like, is supposed to get, like, supposed to die. But right, they all have one thing Chrissy or something. Yeah. Do because you like see her. One in thing the that per- haunts them. But it's like the same thing with Barb in the first season. Like she's a person, and then she's dead in the first episode, and now we never know what happened to her. So is that going to be the same thing with Chrissy? Are we ever going to figure out what she did? Wait, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they ever show. Yeah, yeah it's not Good explicit. Point. Like what trauma. What trauma she was undergoing. Well, I guess her mom. Yeah, her mom, her dad. Has something to do Some, with like her family, mom, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was would always kind of like, um, you know, I think she kind of developed like an eating disorder. It sounds like from the way that her mom, um, but it doesn't seem like she did something in particular. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that between the other kid, um, like the newspaper editor kid and Max, they all kind of shared this guilt 
of doing some of committing an act mm-hmm. and i don't know but, I, but maybe because it's her mother maybe there's some sort of like you know children tend to blame themselves for there was a lot of that, that in this series and i felt like <clears throat> i felt that with uh 11 and and uh papa in his last uh in his last breaths where it was still her father like she still felt that connection anyway of her of of like no matter how abused it, it made me think of like no matter how abused a child is the child still yearns for knowing who their parents are or parents approval parents approval the disappointment or i mean like that was a very very emotional scene because like he she tried to kill him kill him a number of times and and the whole scene about like you're the monster like this whole time i've been thinking about i'm the monster and and for me my biggest like revelation was i I've, i've seen that same scene where he's where he says what have you done like a fa- when a father says that to a kid, it's like, what have you done? And and we've heard him say that, but they kept giving you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more till you finally realize what he was referring to was her sending Henry, you know, in, you know, out into the void and, and not, not, but all along up until this season, you thought it was, he was referring to like all the dead bodies everywhere. And then she felt the feeling of like I guess having passed out, and then having her memories screwed with, and everything. Like she starts living this whole time, feeling like living with this shame. Like I'm, a, I killed all those people, you know. So that was that moment was like super eye opening for me because it changed everything <laughs> of what I what I thought he was all about. You know, like he was basically upset with her for 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 doing that to to one and not. Almost like he didn't really care about all the dead kids, which was really psychotic. Yeah. You know, like that's not what that's not what he was outraged about. Yeah. I mean, he did force her to like keep looking into the void just to find just to find him. Yeah. He definitely like and and then it's like parents always love their firstborn more, <laughs> right? You have this sibling rivalry in a weird way. Or the youngest. <laughs> or the youngest. <laughs> or the youngest. <laughs> There's this weird, there's just this weird thing where it's like, that's all he cared about, you know, but it also was it his fascination and like not realizing the limits of her power, like her being able to do that. Cause I mean like that whole scene, which I thought from a CGI perspective was dope, like how his flesh was like peeling off. And then like, like that whole, that whole animation was just like so well done. And of course we could talk about the CGI of her as like a child, um, which for the most part, you know, you're looking, you know, we're in the pixel pushing business. Mm-hmm. So we're like looking to see like, where does it get fuzzy? Yeah. There's definitely was moments where the lighting, chin, yeah, maybe. there was moments where like the lighting was changing, where I feel like it was a little bit more evident. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, did they change it? Yeah. Like, it was hard to spot. And other times it felt more obvious. Um, but, but this whole de-aging thing is wild that, yeah. you know, that they're able to apply this technology and it just keeps getting better and better. better. And I was also thoroughly impressed with her wig. Like she didn't cut her hair. That was just a wig. And I thought it was like she didn't. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Amazing. You're kidding me. <laughs> this whole time I was like, this poor girl has Uh-oh. to shave her head for season <laughs> one. That was a shaving her head for her. <laughs> wow. Where have we come? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just that they had the CGI, but the practical effects too, like the actual kind of set design of everything, which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole season when eddie has to play that solo 
for Master of Puppets. That was dope. And it was so well done. Mm-hmm. And a funny thing for me is, as somebody who grew up hearing, hearing, uh, hearing that song, I thought it was an early 90s song. Like I would have been like, oh, it's like Metallica 91. Like, the fact that it was 86 was a surprise. But just, I literally said to myself, could you have a more metal scene than, like, <laughs> like just shredding on top just of a trailer and the upside the down? It was so <laughs> great. And the fact that he actually played it blew my mind, too. Oh, wow. I guess when they were first filming, um, the Duffers were sending Eddie texts of kind of, like, the actor who plays Eddie, texts of, hey, do you play guitar? And he was just like, yeah, I mean, I've dabbled, but I haven't picked it up in a while. And then he got the script, and it was like, oh, all right, got to practice. I don't want to fake this. I want to play it for real. Mm-hmm. So he got to play it, and not only did he get to play it and did he kill it, but because it was filmed over the course of the pandemic, it was the first time that anybody cast or crew had heard live music performed in forever. So he felt this extra weight of, like, not only do I have to rock it, for Eddie, I have to rock it for, you know, the experience of live music again. And it was just in- this incredible experience that he likens it to. And I'm just, I'm blown away because he absolutely killed it. And I, and I loved it. I'm so mad they killed him off. That's a, like, it's why? So, like, I know, but. How, but that's the thing that, I, that they're so good at, the Duffers in general. Like, Eddie fit in like he'd been there all along. Oh, yeah. Like, I was attached, mm-hmm. as attached to him as any of the other main characters. Yeah. And when I'm thinking about, like, who could I live with? But I became more, I have to admit, like, I became more attached to him when it was revealed that Vecna was doing all the killing. Like, I, I didn't think he was killing. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that he was being, that he was a suspect or he was being chased yeah, or he was on the, the run. Yeah, the fact that he died for this town that hates yeah. his guts. <laughs> exactly. That's oh. the horrible But part. he found redemption in, in not running anymore. Like, that yeah. I thought was was, was valiant. I, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of sheer bravery. And we, we talked about this a little bit earlier in that as, a, as someone that grew up on um, Encyclopedia Brown, you know, uh, three, two, one contact, the bloodhound gang, um, you know, Scooby-Doo even, you know, where you just have like a, a, a ragtag group of kids solving mysteries and, 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 and murders and things like that. Like that all was Goonies. Like that was all captured in, in Stranger Things. I mean, very well done. And, and how brave these kids were to like fight against demons and bats and, and um and create ragtag weapons, you know, uh, garbage cans with nails. and That scene was insane. That was. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much that unfolded in that one yeah. little, like, gun store with, like, <laughs> <laughs> the boyfriend coming in. And then Robin's, like, crush was there. And then Ro- I was like, what is <laughs> happening? God, uh, what did you guys think of uh, of um, Paul Reiser making a cameo again in, in this season and his character? He's great. He fits the era. Again, he's just he acts it phenomenally. Um, I do wonder what's going on with. Um, it seems like he kind of knows that Eleven isn't at her potential. You know what I mean? And I feel like I I'm curious to see what that potential is like if Vecna's kind of only wounded and waiting for his return, he's going to come back bigger and stronger. I think she has to as well. Um, Papa did say she needs to fly. So right. Exactly. Final season. She actually does fly. It makes you wonder, right? (laughs) Um, Paul Reiser, I think is, but he's like the other kind of side of it where, um, you know, Papa's kind of like this more cruel. Senator Palpatine. You know, I, I see a lot of star Wars, uh, 
you know, um, you know, you know, kind of references or homages or, 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 uh, like you can, you can, um, you can point to things like even in their cover art, it reminds me of, of a Star Wars poster, you know, for Stranger Things. And, 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 and we were referencing the way, uh, the way Eleven brought the chopper down was very much like, a, like a Jedi. Um, and, and even when Henry, uh, Vecna or one approaches her and says, you know, together we can, you know, we, we can, we can take over the world, which is like every evil guy's like goal. <laughs> it's like yeah. every bad guy, that's their goal. I want to take over the world. It's very simple. Um, but when, but when he, when he approaches her about that and she turns him down, it's, it's a lot like Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader, you know, like they have, they, they each have the power. It's like, are you using it for good or are you using it for evil? And and um, but to to Eleven's uh, point, like she's gotten this far, feeling terrible about herself, and has still been a force for good, and has still been powerful. And now you can imagine her power is going to exponentially increase once she's releases this burden of feeling like. I'm the worst person on the planet. And now she's like, no, I'm not the monster, you know, but I've got it. But I've, but I've created one that has to, that wants to take over the world. And now I have to stop it. So I, I think we are going to see some, some, some big things out of her in the next season. Um, any other characters, Max, Max and, Lu, and, and Lucas's relationship. I mean, that was another gripping, uh, you know, Emmy award winning, uh, you know, <laughs> scene. I just loved all the scenes with yeah. her. I mean, I feel like she has the most iconic scene of the season uh, where she's running for Vecna. That was, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, with the episode. song, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, the, yeah, with the Kate Bush. That was probably the, one of the better episodes in the whole season. So well done. And she, as an actress, again, the Duffers are just great at adding in a character who feels like they've been there all, the, all along. Yeah. Nobody feels forced. And she also just did a great job at just bringing things of her own. Like that whole part at the end when she's like no i'm not ready to die you know i'm not ready yet that was ad-lib it's not in the script like they just like felt the moment and went with it and they kind of you know roll with the characters and that was a that was a great moment too and just a quick aside speaking of rolling i just loved the whole beginning is so seeped in this whole D campaign that they're playing <laughs> and it just i think this says a lot about like the cultural milestone that we've arrived at D&D is seeing this huge surge in popularity in general. There's all these YouTube channels and podcasts and something that was very much kind of painted in, you know, oh, if you play D&D, you look like this. Or right, you, right. you know it what I mean? back to what I was saying before for, with the 80s. It's right. like you, you were a certain, you were stereotyped or you were, you were put in a bucket. Right. And I think we're seeing that evolution and yeah. the fact that they could bring it to this show and it be so, and it, have people be inspired to say, I want to give that a shot. That's not, that looks yeah. like fun. Yeah, Jorge, we should give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to play? <laughs> That's a good idea. I mean, maybe we'll do a, a campaign where we can um, we can record it kind of like this. That, that, might, that might be fun. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll see. Well, Max lives, except she's she's heavily damaged. So that's a theory that or I have. She? Well, okay, so my theory is this. It's kind of like... Um, you know, uh, Vecna needed this ritual to be completed in order for the gates to be opened. And one of the rituals is incomplete now that, you know, Max ends up living. So it makes me think about, like, that's going to be, like, this weak point where he needs to come back for her in order to 
get his plans to go into motion. There's going to be some kind of thing where that's like the, the, the crux of the thing where, you know, she needs, he needs to come back and actually complete it, you know, so he can unleash his full power or something to that effect. There's definitely some extra pieces there. I'm really looking forward to see how this final battle plays out, especially knowing that we've got a couple of years to wait until it comes out and they're going to be doing a time skip. Yeah. So this is going to be like X number of years later. Yeah. Oh, that means Max will be in a coma for a couple of years. Uh, well, right. So, I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe she comes out of it and there's something after the fact. Like, we have no idea I what happens. I don't know. The fact that when Eleven went in her mind, it's just an empty void. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel so positively about that. Like, I feel like her mind is trapped somewhere and they need to find her and bring her back. Uh, I'm wondering how this is going to last a few years if Will's already getting, like, that tingling right. sensation in the back of his neck. Like is it just gonna that tingly? Well, we had a theory, we had a theory about that. It's it's more or less like uh, Vecna's way of keeping tabs on them. It's almost like a tracking device. Oh my gosh! So because he, he, he we were wondering, well, how, why hasn't this evolved since you know what was it, season two where where he goes into upside down and comes back and and um, is relatively fine. Like, I almost forgot that he had that until. You know, now you, you realize, like, no, it's still in there. So it's more or less, vac- maybe it's, maybe he, pl- I, I do think it's going to play, he's going to play a bigger role in the mm-hmm. in the final season. Um, maybe he's so weak that he gets, he becomes a host or he, be, or, or Vecna comes through him. Who, you know, who knows? Um, it, 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 it remains to be seen. Um but um, what are what are some closing thoughts on on uh, on this season or some of the characters or, or is there anything that you think could have been done differently? Um, I mean, I, I don't have any complaints honestly. I I loved it, loved it all. Uh, another great surprise was Robert England, so the guy who plays Freddie. Oh Cougar. yes, yeah. yes. When they <laughs> when they went to the jail, that was a, yeah. We gotta we gotta mention that like um, that was during when they were trying to figure out who did this. So he was basically Henry's father, right? In effect, who got blamed for for the murders. He nailed his role. Yes, but the fact that he's the original Freddy Krueger, and you can see Another a lot of the classic inspiration. 80s classic eighties horror. Yes, definitely influences this whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This season in particular, I know a lot of people who were like. They had a hard time watching it because they turned the dial up on the horror so much and they weren't really ready for yeah, that. It wasn't oh, sci-fi. It. it wasn't sci-fi as much as it was horror this season. Um, it was I scary. I want more horror. Yeah, right. I, I love horror. Addicts are scary. Much. You know, like, <laughs> addicts are scary. Kids are scary. Like, all these, like, these were all 80s oh, formulas. I think that's the thing, too. It's talking about 80s formulas that I, I, I feel like I'd regret if I didn't mention. So many of those 80s franchises or movies that stand out where it's like the kids against the world, yes. the Goonies and Monster yeah. Squad and the Lost Boys. Like there's all these moments where the world is in peril and it would be if it weren't for this ragtag group of friends, <laughs> you know, the world would be over. And E.T. I just, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It seems, it's, you know, an alien. It's like the theme of all these 80s yeah. movies. And I absolutely love it. And you can just feel that energy, especially when they get all suited up to go into the upside down they're wearing like their <laughs> army fatigues and combat boots and stuff i just loved it um you know and i love that on the on the other side i gotta mention that i can't help but think of swamp thing every time i see vecna every time you see that i said the same it's thing the swamp thing costume, the whole design his nose his nose uh, everything so many things just better i mean right. it doesn't look like a clearly like a rubber suit but it's definitely 
just like a higher definition version of the Swamp Thing like, costume. I, I saw the inspiration right away. <laughs> uh, I, I loved that. Yeah. Um, the the whole because there's a um, scene in Swamp Thing where they cut his arm and, it, and, it, and it's one of the funniest scenes. It's actually I'm I'm hoping it's on YouTube, but when his arm like grows back, <laughs> Swamp Thing has it's, like it's this it's little cool. sprout come out, like a little leaf <laughs> growing. And it's, and you can see the tentacles and, and going back to what you mentioned about when Max was running, I really felt like Vecna let her go because I mean he we all know he could have killed her. And I really when I was watching it, I was half expecting one of those chunks to just <laughs> pierce her right before oh she went God. through. I, I I was positive. Like the moment before she escaped, I thought it was gonna be yeah. oh, there she is. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. A lot of people are complaining that the Duffers aren't killing off enough main characters. And for me, I don't feel like that's necessary. Definitely not. But I also feel like there's characters where I'm like, okay, they could die, and I would be able to. I'd be like, okay, uh, for whatever reason, Steve is like my boy. Like that's oh, like yeah. my go-to dude. Like, they were originally going to p- kill off Steve. It looked like they were going to kill Steve like eight times. I'm like, they no, planned to kill Steve off in season one, <laughs> but they liked him so much because he's amazing. That right? I love they Steve. kept him on. Yeah. Yeah, Steve's the best character. I feel like he's had the most development. I think exactly. that's probably oh, why. I, I kind of hated Steve season one. Oh, yeah, there was a whole point did. he was just a jerk, and I'm like, he's terrible. He redeemed himself in so many ways. And, um, man, that's the whole thing. The whole, like, Nancy and Jonathan and Steve love, love triangle, triangle thing yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. on yeah. there. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't there's even know. There's a lot of, like, hairy eyeballs going on. Like, <laughs> I don't really know on? how I even want that to turn yeah. out. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I was, I was glad nothing actually came of it. Like I, I was glad too. Yeah, I was like, okay, I was like, nothing uh, happened. You st- you're still in a relationship with Jonathan. Yes. Like, break up first, please. I have this thing where, like, I just I hate cheating in TV shows. It just bothers me so much. Well, there uh, there's some classic '80s movies that it's it, it, we're all about that. Like, there's one movie in particular. Uh, um, I think it's called. Uh, Last American Virgin or something like that. It's got John Cryer in it. And there's a dude that reminded me of Steve's character, which I thought Steve was going to be like, which is like the classic good-looking guy that's a jerk to girls, you know, Mm -hmm. that he was like prevalent in a lot of these 80s movies. Well, this movie in particular, John Cryer is like like a Will character, like a a soft, um, and I'm going to derail this combo (laughs) into this movie. But this movie like is like part of my psyche because it's like it like watching it, anyway the, the the plot of that movie was like this this jock is with, it goes out with this girl and he like mistreats her and she was a virgin she gets pregnant and um and he like dumps her Jeez. and 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 then John Cryer who's always had this crush on her kind of like swoops in and nurses her back to health and takes care of her you know she 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 gets. The, the pregnancy taken care of but he nurses her back through that process and as soon as she gets better no. yes oh. she goes back oh, with the jerk yeah. yeah she goes back with the jerky guy and oh, i thought Lord. and i thought steve was like that but he's not no i no. think we can like own it all to like robin though yeah. i think every relationship he ever had was with a girl was a i want you yeah. kind of relationship yeah. but i think robin and i think the character development between the two of them were like we can be friends, and we, you can be a guy, and I can be a girl. It doesn't mean that it yeah. has to be anything more than just a friendship. And I didn't know that she was Uma Thurman's daughter. Like, that was another yeah. thing, too. Yeah, and like, e- that's Uma wild. Thurman and Ethan Hawke's kid. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and Ethan Hawke. What the heck? She has, like, the pedigree <laughs> of, like, the best the, actors the in the world. The acting chops are there. Yeah. She's one, also one of my favorite characters. Will be yeah. crestfallen. 
I'm gonna lie. If we lost Nancy, I wouldn't be that mad about it. I'd be like, ah, it sucks, but I'd be okay. I'd I'd, I'd be all right. Like in yeah. comparison, um, Robin's up there as a favorite, and I also love this extra effort for those '80s influences. Um, Vicky, so yeah. who's playing Robin's love interest? Yes. I love that in general. She felt I love very how pretty and pink to me. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like, so she they, does. They, the whole Molly Ringwald. She looks thing, like Molly Ringwald. They did lot. that on purpose. They matched the exact hair dye yeah. that they had no from the movie. They they researched it. They found it, and they used the exact same she one. Had the same look. Mm-hmm. And well, that I mean, scene in the gun shop. She had the hat, the yeah. jacket, the, hat, the layers. The, everything everything. Yeah. was perfect. I was like, oh my god. They yeah. plucked it right out. I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> breakfast you guys, brunch. <laughs> yes, Breakfast Club. So many moments yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the um, uh, Susie's sister was very Ali Sheedy. Like yeah. she had that whole look to her. Yeah. Again, like yeah. that whole influence is right there, and I, you know, I kind of love it. It makes me think of like, um, uh, like how many things like that are there that we maybe have missed or haven't, mm-hmm. you know, haven't focused on because they're like they've just woven them in so seamlessly. Um, I, d- I just love it. All these little nods to different inspirations, but it makes the character better. Um, I love that it, you know, I wonder now, it, it's, you know, that time skip, like our, I, so Robin's journey, does that Cohen, does she help Noah or Will through his journey? Yeah, because they haven't had any yeah, true. They interacted. Really they haven't interacted really, yeah. so there's no, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there for there to be kind of like a guidance of like, oh, look, this, like, yes, you can be yourself, type of a thing, mm-hmm. um, and just show you how. But also, there's this whole unrequited love where I think, I think Will is like in love with Mike. Like, I think that's part of the, it. Started as like, I don't want to lose my childhood, type of thing. Like he. It was kind of masked. As exactly. That. Like, I just want to hang out with the guys and I just yeah. want to just be nerds in our basement for the rest of our lives. I'm like, and eh, maybe that's like 10% it, but it's 90%. I don't want to lose you and well, I'm losing. If you, you heard um, in like that, I get when 11 and Mike were talking like, oh, what's he drawing? 11 was like, oh, I don't know. And then later on, he goes, oh, yeah, she commissioned me to draw this. Right. So is it really, did that really happen? Or was he just kind of trying to say, like, I love you. Like, as many, this is how I see you. Exactly. As many, ma- you're the heart, Mike. Like, as many <laughs> moments as he can to have that, that's exactly what what's going on there. Like, he's trying to send that message, but he can't really come forward. So he kind of masks it as much as possible. Ugh. All right. Well, guys, we have a lot to look forward to in this next uh, next season. Um, I know it's a long wait, um, but we look forward to hearing what what our uh, what our listeners think as well. Make sure you comment. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on uh, Mission Control. And until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew.
I really want to talk about everything everywhere all at once. Talk about that. Yeah, I haven't watched it. So good. George just George George just finally saw it. He watched it. Yeah, he liked it. He just saw it and he was like, "This movie was amazing." I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, Kevin's Kevin's wrong. (laughs) Like you just like it's okay. You know, plenty of things. Plenty of people don't like things that are good, and that's okay. You can like whatever you want, but that is that's cinema. That is filmmaking, and I loved it. Yeah, and I just really want to talk about it. (laughs) And there's so much more to talk about. I keep watching videos of people who've never seen it, so I keep watching reaction videos of people watching it for the first time, just so I can. The experience, <laughs> that <laughs> feeling. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, that's a very, it's a very powerful film too. That's all I'm throwing out there. I feel like we've got the, we've got the cast. <laughs> no, I was, I want them. <laughs> 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 